Once again, we're glad to have you with us. Uh, this morning we're going to be uh, continuing in our series. We are doing a series called uh, Drawing Closer to God, and uh, we're using the book of James as a <clears throat> as a source for that. Uh, James, New Testament, uh, towards the end of the New Testament, James, the brother of Jesus, uh, became a leader within the church, ultimately died a martyr's death, defending the idea that his brother was the Messiah. And in that gives us a lot of practical advice and, and uh, just straightforward direction on what it means uh, to follow God and to draw closer to him. Uh, this morning, last week we talked about self-examination. This morning we're going to talk about prayer. Uh, we, we started with the idea that we need to, uh, we need to be aware of who we are. We need to be aware of our need for Him. We need to be honest with ourselves of how far away from God we actually are, how our motives, uh, often are, are false motives that, uh, we are virtue signaling and, and trying to let people know how good we are. But in reality, the brokenness of our hearts and the darkness of our hearts, uh, we need to surrender that to God and we need to be honest with ourselves for that. This morning, we're going we're gonna to talk about prayer, that idea, that conversation with God in any relationship. If you want to increase intimacy, if you want to increase uh, the value of the relationship, there has to be communication. Uh, there has to be a, a sharing uh, that happens. And <clears throat> and uh, uh, too many times we consider prayer like a one-way conversation. It's what we do to talk to God. Uh, but uh, I want to remind you that we also need to be listening for what God tells us. And maybe you have never heard the voice of God or uh, you, you haven't been aware of Him talking to you, but that's why we call this His Word. It's, it's His primary way of speaking to us. That through the pages of our Scripture, we get to hear the heart of God. Uh, we're told in Second Timothy that all Scriptures is God breathed. It, it, it comes from Him. And so as we read uh, the Bible, we get to hear from Him. Some of you have had experiences where God has spoken to you or you've had some kind of leading uh, or just a, a, some kind of assurance that comes over you uh, that when, when you're in the midst of something, some way that God is directing you or giving you signals, all of that together is that that two-way conversation that God desires from us. And so we're going to talk a little bit about prayer today, and uh, we'll be in James chapter 5. James chapter 5, verses 13 through 18. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. 
The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah prayed earnestly that no rain would fall. None fell for three and a half years. And then he prayed again. The sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crop. And this is the word of the Lord for us this morning. Thanks be to God. So in this, uh, we've, we've used this passage many times before. It's a very familiar passage. But in this, we get some ideas of the different ways prayer is applied and, and how we can pray in different ways. Number one, it starts off pretty much saying, uh, do you breathe? Yes, then pray. Do you have problems? Pray. Do you, are there good times? Yes, pray. I mean, in every circumstance, we should be praying. We should be in conversation with God. If He is our divine ruler, if He's our creator, if He's our ultimate hope for the future, then why wouldn't we want to spend as much time with Him as we possibly could? Paul talks about praying without ceasing. That we're just in this continuing conversation with Him. That you can pick up at any time and share something with Him. Are you suffering hardship? Yes. Well, pray about it. But we'd rather whine about it, right? We we talk about those things, but are we talking to the right person? Are are, are we are we just are we just exercising our vocal cords in in dissension and anger, or are we making our voice, our thoughts, our prayers count by taking them to the one who can make a difference in in our lives? If you're happy, and it doesn't say then pray, it says then sing praises. The Psalms are a prayer book, a song book, a hymn book of the, uh, of the ancient church. Uh, singing is a form of prayer. Uh, it is one of the ways that you can worship in your, <clears throat> in your devotional time. These old hymns that we sing, uh, camp choruses, whatever it is, if you're listening to Caleb or, or whatever, it doesn't matter if it's modern Christian music or ancient Christian music or, or whatever, but when you sing praises to the Lord, that's a form of prayer. What we've done this morning as Haley's led us and, and we've sung the, the, those lyrics of old hymns. That's a praise to God. We are stating and reminding ourselves who He is. We're lifting our voices in song. Uh, it, Methodists are supposed to sing lustily. Is, is the, is, it's, in, it's in your uh, hymnal. You can look it up. We're supposed to sing lustily. Right? Most of us, I'd be happy with energy, but whatever. Right? Even as Haley was singing over us, that's a form of prayer, right? Her, the word she used, the melody that drifts over us, that's a form of prayer. Our minds are focused on Him. She's drawing us a picture of who God is and a desired relationship. Our hearts are engaged. Our minds are engaged. That prayer. I think too many times we get the idea that prayer has to be this, this silent, bow your head, use big words, say things I don't really understand or believe, but it sounds good. 
When in actuality, what God asks us to do is just talk to Him. Just talk to me. I remember when our girls were uh, teenagers and, and we, we lived in Spicewood out uh, on South Shore of Lake Travis then. And, and the school, Lake Travis uh, school, was 30 minutes from our house. And so we, you, we'd, I'd go pick them up and, and bring them home. And when they're in those teenage years, that was often a silent ride. Right? And it's say, what happened today? Nothing. Well, nothing happened. What did you learn today? I don't know. Right? And and you you get to the point where you're like, can you just talk and let me know that there's some kind of event happening in your life? And I think often that's the way God is with us. Would you just talk to me? I haven't heard from you in a long time. You think back to the story of creation. When after Adam and Eve had sinned and they recognized their nakedness and recognized their unworthiness and they were hiding. And God came into the garden where He had met them every day looking to continue the conversation that He established and created for that love, that, that desire to be in connection with the people He loved. And they weren't there. It breaks his heart. It still does today. There's nothing he desires more than for us to engage with him. <clears throat> In the funeral liturgy for uh, for the Methodist Church, there's a there's a line in one of the prayers that says, "Oh God, you are you are ever more ready to hear us than we are to talk." That that idea that he is constantly like, "Would you please talk to me? Would would you just tell me what's on your mind?" Would you just be honest with me? Would you would you share what's what you're afraid of? Would you share what you're nervous about? Would you share what's going on with you? Not just the bad stuff, but tell me the good stuff. Tell me when you had a good day. Tell me when you enjoyed the 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 what do you call it when the sun goes down? The sunset, thank you. <laughs> Wow. Um, (laughs) Tell me when after it's been dry for a long time and rain comes, how refreshing it feels. Talk to me. And and throughout Scripture, there, there there is this constant note of God is listening. Our prayers do not hit the ceiling. It's not, it's not a self-help exercise. I think in, in, in secular society, I mean, there is, there is a power in mindfulness, right? And so even folks that don't, aren't, that aren't spiritual, that don't pray to God as we understand, God, there is still a healthiness around being mindful and meditation and quiet and all of that. But take that and just the basic uh, healing properties of that and then add the restorative power of connecting with a divine being who has our best interests in his heart. That takes just that, that physical presence into a whole new realm. We are talking to a living being who knows everything about us, who has plans for us through the future, and who wants and desires a close relationship with us not so He can control us, but so that He can bless us, lead us, give us ultimately what He designed us to be and to do.
to connect, to resonate, to live life and live it to the fullest. I have a couple other passages I wanted to to share with you. The first one is in Psalms, Psalm 102. Verse 17, he will listen to the prayers of the destitute. He will not reject their pleas. This is Old Testament. This, If you go back up to the beginning of, 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 uh, of Psalm 102, uh, the beginning is, Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my plea. Don't turn away from me in my distress. Bend down to answer and answer me quickly when I call to you. And then as he resolves the thought into conclusion, we end up here. He will listen to the prayers of the destitute. He's not going to reject their pleas. I think sometimes we get this idea that when we've done something wrong, we don't necessarily want to go talk to God because we're afraid, uh, number one, we're being hypocritical, or we, we put our humanness onto God and we think we're going to get a reaction from Him like we would get from another human being. Where He's going to say, I'm not ready to talk to you yet. I'm still mad. But that's not the way God is. He's always going to respond. Even in our darkest moments. The, word, the, the biggest tragedy is when, when folks desperately need God, oftentimes it's the time they turn away from Him because they can't wrap their minds around that God's emotions are different than ours. His ways are higher than ours. His grace, His mercy, His kindness always trumps anything you're going to experience in, in, in a human relationship. He always hears. He always listens. He always responds. It doesn't matter how long it's been since your last conversation. It doesn't matter what horrible thing you've thought or done. He listens. He responds. We have a God who cares. It's, it's, it's assuring us that this conversation we're having actually is a conversation. It's not a monologue, it's a conversation. When we speak, He listens. When we go to Him, He responds. Let's go to 1 John chapter 5, <clears throat> verses 13 and 15. John says, I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. And we are confident that He hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases Him. And since we know He hears us when we make our requests, we also know that He will give us what we ask. Again, this idea that that God is a loving Father wanting, wanting to pour out the richness of, of, his, of his heart up, upon us. Now this, uh, this, make sure you put this in context. We're confident He hears us and whenever we ask for anything that pleases Him, right? For your enemy to be thwarted is not pleasing to Him. For you to win the lottery is not necessarily pleasing to Him. For you to be filled with His Spirit is pleasing to Him. For you to be remade in His image is pleasing for Him. 
For you to be able to forgive somebody that you've been angry at is pleasing for Him. For you to grow in knowledge and, and wisdom is pleasing to Him. For you to walk a path that mirrors how Jesus showed us to live is pleasing to Him. And since we know He hears us when we make our requests, we also know that He will give us what we ask. God is listening. God is responding. We, we talked last week about the Holy Spirit. You have not because you asked. The Holy Spirit is that, is that part of the Trinity, is that person of the Trinity who makes the, the personal change in us happen. He comes in, remakes us, rearranges the furniture of our hearts and of our minds, makes us more like Christ. It changes the way we think. It changes the way we view the world. If if we want to draw closer to God, ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Ask God to give you His character. Ask God to, to replace your anger with love and forgiveness. He's always listening. And then finally, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. So then, since we have a great high priest, who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it, the most. Jesus is our high priest. He's our connection to God. He's our mediator between God and us. He came to earth. He understands the problems of life. He's empathetic to what we go through. He understands He's been there. He's had victory where we fail. When we go to Him, He'll listen to us. If you picture the throne room of God, and the Father and Jesus seated next to Him on the right hand of God waiting to come and judge the quick and the dead. And this passage tells us that we should boldly go to the throne. When, when you, when in, in, in ancient times with kings and even, even like in England today, if you go before the throne, you go humbly and you you bow. You don't raise your head until they ask you to. But with our relationship with Jesus, with the victory He's given us, with the love that He has for us, He says, no, go boldly to the throne. You, Daddy's going to talk to you there. You, you, you're not talking to some ruler who, who just is, is trying to make your life difficult and and set rules and, and put judgment on you. No, you have a loving Father who, who wants the best for you. Who says, come on, talk to me. Crawl on up here. Let me, tell me what, what it is you need. Now, for, for many of us, this, this kind of language, it, it almost sounds heretical because we've, we've been taught from, from a long time ago of that awe and respect we need to have for God and and I'm not discounting that in any way. We need to we need to acknowledge that God is different than us that he is 
powerful and awesome and mighty, and we don't deserve to be in His presence. But with that sort of awe and respect, we also need to honor the fact that He's the one that said, but come. He's the one that said, come to the He's the one that says, I want to hear from you. He's the one that says, talk to me, please. We talked last week that if if you don't have some sort of prayer time in your daily schedule, there's not a there's not a, a quicker way to begin to see fruit in your Christian life than to begin a conversation with God, a daily conversation with God. Self-examination, acknowledging anything that you find in your heart or your mind that's getting in the way of your relationship and prayer, then putting out your desire for the day. And as we were told in First John, when we ask for things that please Him, He'll respond. God, I want this day to honor You. God, I want, I want to, I want to be Your agent in the world today. I want to share Your love some way today. Would you bring someone into my life who needs to, to hear something positive? And would you give me words to say what they need to hear? Would, would you give me the boldness to, to, to volunteer, to go visit somebody, even though I'm uncomfortable with that? Would you help me to make that difficult phone call I need to make to a family member so that we can get past the, the non-forgiveness we've been a part of? That kind of morning ritual will change you. Prayer changes us. It's, it's not magic. It's not, it's not uh, this sorcery or anything that goes on, but it's, it's a humbling of our hearts before Him and an acknowledgement and an invitation for God to do what He wants to do in us anyway. Our, our title for this, this sermon series is sort of oxymoronic because drawing closer to God, in reality, He's right there. It's, the drawing closer is our acknowledging that. Recognizing that He's everywhere. That He's in every part of our life. That we don't have to find Him. He's waiting on us. We don't have to go on some search for meaning he is the meaning of life. Prayer is, is vital to us. It's, it's, it's strength giving. If you go back to the passage in James, it talks about healing and praying for one another. Are you sick? You should call the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you will be forgiven. So confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you might be healed. This It's not just a personal relationship and it's not just a personal prayer. It's a corporate understanding as well. Yes, each of us bowed our heads and as, as we began our prayer time, I, I, I ask you to raise your own uh, heart and mind to the Lord. And in that, that, that was sort of a, a unis, that was a, a solo interaction with God and then we prayed together. But there's something in whether you're 
praying in your own mind or we're praying together, there's something powerful that when we gather together and we pray for the same things, there's a, there's a power that is set loose within us. It's the blessing of her family. It's, it's, it's what we can do for one another. Pray for one another. Have space to allow people to admit where they've been wrong and to, to grow out of that. To not hold their wrongs against them and not tag them. It's, it's why it's hard to, to be a leader in a church that you grew up in, right? Because everybody sees you as the teenage version of what you were. Spencer uh, grew up in this church, and he's the exception. He still is that kid. But not, but in reality, he's grown a lot since he was a teenager. And his mind has changed, and his heart has broadened, and his call has been defined, and his maturity is still coming in. Right? We, that's what the church at its best, where we allow folks to grow in the likeness of the Lord before our eyes. These teenagers that were sending to camp and are going to a camp next weekend, there's some going to a, camp, a regional camp next weekend, uh, that are going to be um, saying mean things and doing mean things. And if you, if you were able to sit on the bus or or look in their room, you'd be disappointed with what goes on in their mind and their heart. But those are the kids that grow up to be leaders and connected to God. Because God is awesome and powerful. And when we can pray for one another, when we can join our hearts together, when we can ask God not just to bless us, but to grow us as a family, to grow us in His likeliness, That is a powerful and profound thing. Our Sunday school classes, our our discipleship groups, our our work teams that that serve at Mount Wesley and and the different outreach ministries we did, all of those are ways that we corporately, corporately come together. Even though as you're handing out food at the food bank, tomorrow's the mega food bank at, at Light on the Hill, tomorrow as that food's going out, even that, is an act of prayer. We may not be uttering prayer words, but the whole intention of that ministry is a prayerful act that God, as we give this food, would you give them more than just physical food? Would you, would you bless them with your presence? It's in action. It's in thought. It's in words. It's in singing. It's in living. It's in awareness. It's in silence. But it's a constant conversation. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Why don't you bow with me? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank You, God, for listening to us. Just that simple, just that simple fact is overwhelming. With as powerful and awesome as you are, the fact that you make room for us. As David said in the song, who are we, God, that you're even mindful of? 
you shouldn't waste your time on us. But God, you don't see us as a waste of time. You see us as the height of your creation. The people that you love desperately. Speak to our hearts and allow us to speak to yours. Teach us how to pray, God. Teach us what to ask for. Teach us how to boldly enter your throne room. And we pray that in the name of your Son, our High Priest, our Savior, our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen.